Go Late Selects. Brought to you by Sky. Watch new exclusive and unmissable content only on Sky. Come in, Paris. Are you receiving over? I like the over bit. Bonjour, Ireland. This is Paris over. Oh, wow. <laughs> Hang on. Like... I have the results of the French jury. Irlandais, Neil Poir. There you go. Oh, Bonjour, buddy. When Bonjour, in mon ami. When in what? Rome or, Par- yeah. or Paris. You just can't say when in Rome when you're in Paris, you spanner. Come on. What, what do you say? What do they what say, do you say do you? as you're as you're walking down the street in Champs, the Champs Elysees? Say, often buy some fresh baguette. Bonjour, starry bud. Wow. Un, un café, s'il vous plaît. Wow. Uh, le George Pompidou, and they told me he was dead. I, wow. I forgot to say George Pompidou Centre. Yes, I'm in Paris. Hello, Simon. Wow. Thank you for demonstrating once again your mastery of accents, ladies and gentlemen. Ireland's version of Mike Harwood. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, it is episode four. Welcome to Go Loud Selects with Simon Delaney and Aiden Power. Now, don't forget, Aiden, because you've clearly had a pause there because you've forgotten again that Go Loud Selects is a Go Loud original. And it's brought to you by Sky. Very good, Sky Ireland. I wouldn't mind you ever written down in front of you. Anyway, on we go. We have a, a brilliant recommendation that we want to kick off straight away this week. Uh, we were all captivated by The Staircase a number of years ago, oh, a true man. crime, real-life documentary about a, a, a murder, an apparent murder that happened on a staircase. Um, it was a huge success on Netflix, and now Sky yeah. have turned it into a major new drama with bunk, a bunk, major bunk. stellar cast as well. And I don't know about you, Simon, but sometimes when I see uh, actors who I really like and who are A-list, I go, well, if they're in it, it's, it's, it's got to be good. 100%. Well, but this is this is headed up by Colin Firth and uh, Tony Collette. And straight go. away, there's two good reasons to watch any show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you look at the fact that it's based on this true life story, uh, this incredibly successful Netflix documentary, which had us all gripped, uh, what's not to like about it? I mean, the only question is, is, which should have come first, the documentary or the drama? Now, obviously, the drama came first because they were on that story from only a couple of years after. The documentary the came first. Happened. The doco, sorry. Yeah. They were on that story only a couple of years after it happened. So, you know, logically that had to happen. But I don't know, if you saw the drama first, would you then go and watch the doco and vice versa? Do you know what I mean? It's a good question and a mute point as well because this is how it has happened. And I think because the case... And for just in case anyone hasn't seen it, we won't oh, yeah. discuss in too much detail no, the ins and outs no. of it um, because it was a compelling case. It wasn't a, an open and shut case. And it no. went on for years. And when and you thought it was over, it something kept going. And it's basically yeah. a husband and wife. The wife dies in strange circumstances. Death. Uh, the husband is suspected and it goes on from there. And it is, the, well, the Docker series was gripping and I've no doubt with this production, uh, you know, as you say, you can see it on Sky being led by that cast. We're going to go through all those emotions again. And because they can take it with dramatic license, bit of artistic license, we might get even more. That's true. And it's also, I think, indicative that they chose this particular uh, true life crime to turn into a drama because, I mean, as our producer yeah. John remarked, uh, can yeah. you even swing a cat on Netflix without hitting a true crime drama? There's so many of them. Oh, yeah. And not all of them are great. Let's put it, let's let's face it. Well, let's knock them out there. Making a murderer. 
100%. The Jinx. Didn't see it. You haven't seen The Jinx, Should Edo. I? Should I? Edo, start watching it when you get home from Gay Paris, please. It was on Nightmares. Is it scary? It sounds no, scary. No, 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 no. It's not scary. It's another true life, true crime doco. I can't even tell you anything about it. It was on Sky. Don't. I'll do it. Six or eight parts. I'm telling you now, and I tell you what, I'll say one thing about it. Anybody who hasn't seen the Jinx, please watch it. Watch it because in the last 45 seconds of the last episode, you will sit bolt upright in your seat. It is incredible. Is it a uh, WTF moment, as the kids say? I swear to God, it's like, I don't believe I don't, like literally. I'm not going to say anything. Okay. I don't want to, but please, the Jinx J A N X. It was on Sky. You might be able to get it somewhere else. That's please fine. watch that. So you got making a murder. You don't got fuck the Jinx. with cats had a similar effect to that. I didn't watch that. Okay, well, I'll I'll swap you the Jinx for Already. the for the cat. Should I go down that road? Hundred percent. You'll just be like, what? What? Really? It's not going to scare me. It? Multiple times. It's. It, do you know what? It it is a hard watch. I mean. If you're yeah. well, you don't have to be an animal lover. I mean, and if you're not, but you have cats, you like your cats. I do, yeah. So there is, there's, there's some very unpleasant moments in it, horrible moments. In fact, can I ask you what your cats' names are? Oh, don't go down that road. Don't go down that road because they don't have names, and this is controversial oh, to a lot of people. They don't Despite have names. Cats, I love them to death. And what do you call them here? You and him. I treat most humans, but they don't have names. However, what I will say is, in a past life, a friend of mine an ex friend of mine uh, a friend let's say that uh, she named them but oh, the names right. didn't stick so one of them was called Armstrong after Neil Armstrong because he's a complete spacer <laughs> and the other was called Ramsey after Gordon Ramsey who happened to be on the telly one day and we thought Gordon Ramsey's personality if the cat could talk the cat would be like effing him Jeff really? and like Gordon Ramsey I thought you'd call him Ramsey after your fa- your favourite street and your favourite soap <laughs> Because then you could have called the other cat Harold Bishop. I'm I'm reversing out of Ramsey Street right now because it's a bloody cul-de-sac and that's what we're stuck in. So the staircase, stellar cast, Colin Firth, Tony Collette. It premieres on Sky and it's streaming uh, and the streaming service now this week. The bizarre case of Michael Peterson and the suspicious death of his wife, Kathleen, in 2001. Watch it. 911, what's the coolest character you've ever been named in any of your many, your plethora of television shows and movies? I'm going to say, okay. off the top of my head, I'm going to say yeah. Victor Wozniak. Uh, Wozniak, were you a wise guy from Brooklyn? I was a third generation butcher in a movie called Delivery Man with Vince Vaughn. Yeah, so we played genuine New Yorkers. Get the fuck out of here. All that kind of stuff. <laughs> you and Vince. You have a great souvenir from that, don't you? A piece of uh, merchandise or memorabilia from the movie? I do. I have a couple of things. I have me, you know, the name on the back of your director's chair. Yeah. <clears throat> your cast chair. Sits out in the garden in that one. <laughs> yeah, I have it over the hall door. Um, and I have my butcher's apron, which was signed by all the cast. Uh, which was pretty cool. And I robbed a couple of lights, uh, some of the electrical gear. I took a couple of mics uh, and a car. Well, yeah, apart from that. Your brother wants parental leave so he can spend more time admiring his son's diapers. I had three kids, and two hours after each of them was born, I was here serving customers. Uh, who's going first with their recommendation this week, Si? I'll jump in with uh, a series... Uh, 
which is uh, the second season has just finished and I watched uh, the first season and I have the second one banked and ready to go. This is again, I know this sounds like an ad every week, but I promise you it's not. I love Miss Sky Atlantic. It's another one of those shows that's come through through Sky. It's not an ad until they start paying them. Well, this is very true. Very true. Uh, this is a series uh, called City on a Hill. Have you heard of it? Oh, yes, I have. Uh, it stars, well, first of all, it's produced by uh, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, uh, Barry Levinson, to name but a few. And then when you hear Ben Affleck's name attached to it, it's based on a story, an idea of his, uh, with another fellow called Chuck McLean, who's also one of the co-writers. It's set in, in the early 90s in Boston. And it stars uh, Kevin Bacon and Aldous Hodge. And Kevin Bacon plays uh, a kind of a venerated FBI veteran, but he's corrupt. He is corrupt. And Aldous Hodge plays an assistant district attorney. And they come together in the first season. This is the tagline for it. Together they take on a case that changes the city's entire criminal justice system. It's fucking brilliant. This is great, great stuff. It's 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 uh, it's kind of a has a vibe of the wire office. Uh, you're getting mm. both sides of the tracks because you have the prosecutor and you have the policeman who should be on the same side of the tracks, but they're not. And the second season has just come and gone. I have it banged, ready to go. I couldn't recommend it more. Sky Atlantic, get on it, City on a Hill. It's a Showtime show, but thanks to the good people of Sky, we can watch it here. Have you seen it now? No, not yet. Um, but I know, like Showtime, have a great pedigree with oh, you know yeah. the likes of uh, Liv Schreiber in uh, Ray Donovan, other oh, kind yeah, of yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, which mightn't be too dissimilar to the one you're describing. Yeah. So, Kevin Bacon, yeah, um, Aldous Hodge yeah. is in it, and it's, and, and and what have um, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon got to do with it? They produce it, so it's based on an idea oh, wow. uh, from Ben Affleck and uh, one of his co-writers. Oh, so it was based on a, an idea with them. So I'd imagine they have some sort of input to the script as well. But you know what it does as well? It's one of those shows that captures the moment because it, the way they're dressed, the music. I mean, Kevin Bacon sports a really khaki mullet and a pencil moustache, and he wears the long sort of overcoats and very, very early 90s, the cars they're driving, the music. Uh, and it just, it's another one of those things that Ben Affleck, I don't know whether you describe it as a nod to Boston, because that one that Ben Affleck's done about Boston makes it look like an awful crime-laden shithole, to be honest with you. But yeah, yeah. yeah, the town and that, and this doesn't do Boston any favours either, because it's basically saying that everything and everybody within Boston is corrupt. <laughs> but it's a, brilliant, it's a brilliant series. It has a great season one hang, and I'm about to dive into season two. Get on, uh. boys. Okay. All right. Yeah. The fact it ends on a hang. I, I like the sound of that yeah. as well. All right. Good shout. City on a hill. Where can you watch that? Sky Atlantic, baby. Sky Atlantic, baby. Okay. Yes. Not an ad. Not an ad. Gotcha. Not an ad. <laughs> well, seen as I am in, did I mention I'm in Paris? Um, Only six I, times so far in my counting. In my, little, in my preparation, I said, well, do you know what? Let's watch something that is uh, French and based in Paris just to get so in the mood. you Emily in Paris. Yeah. Loved it. Did you? <laughs> Didn't Get me up. No, no, I have a gorgeous little recommendation uh, for you, for, for our listener, and for you as well, John, because you talked about Mad Men last week and how you're re-watching it for the 74th time. I have a lovely drama that's set in the 60s in Paris, and Ooh. it's described as Mad Men meets 
Miss Marple. I think that's how it's described. Wow. So okay. you have the the era of the early 60s, that whole kind of, you know, mid-century uh, vibe going on. And then the Miss Marple element is uh, it's solving a crime. The show is centered around a television announcer. Her name is Christine Bouval. And she's very famous as, well, they, what were they called, Simon? Continuity announcers? They yeah, pop yeah, up to yeah. introduce today's programs. We would have had yeah. them on, on RT back in the day with them. Um, That's right, yeah, yeah. Kathleen Watkins and yeah. people like They're that. They're still there. They're still there. Not Kathleen, they but they are still there. Yeah, and maybe not as venerated, I think you used that word already, or revered. In the same way, um, in the same way, air hostesses was a very, you know, yeah, like, yeah. glamorous thing. To be the, the TV uh, continuity announcer was a big thing. So Christine Bouval... Um, into that is is a big star. She What's the works name in the, of the show. Ada? What's it called? What's it called? Well, uh, given her job, I'll give you a guess. <laughs> so she's a continuity announcer. I'm going to say it's you're called happy, coming up next. To, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After the break, <laughs> that would be better. You were, you were halfway there. It's simply called the announcer. There's a French oh, name for it. I have my pen out. Look, I don't want to show. I am writing this down. Yeah, it's a very slick thriller and. Christine uh, becomes uh, a target of someone, as sometimes famous people do. Um, so she's dealing with that. She also has a lot of shit going on in her personal life because she's married to someone very high up in the television station. And uh, it's very interesting in that because it's set in the 60s, there's, uh, she's fighting the culture of the time. She's fighting sexist yeah. bosses and things like yeah. that. It's also set against a very interesting political time, which I wasn't too familiar of, uh, in France in the early 60s and the political tensions between France and Algeria. Um, yeah. And there was a lot of uh, terrorism and, and a lot of tension at the time, a lot of turmoil. Well, it's also only danger. 15 years Not too dissimilar to um, the, the Day of the Jackal. Remember they were going to oh, assassinate yeah, yeah. the girl? Yeah, that kind of, there's a, a vibe of that in it as well. There's, there's uh, me- a lot of sexist scandals as well in it as well. The French do like to um, go to those parties um, that I've never been to. I don't know if you, you have. But Tell me where, States, they were at it. where can we watch it? Is, it? is it streaming or is it? A couple of places you can watch it. I believe it's on Apple TV. I watched it okay. on the, um, the All 4 player on Channel 4. Only six episodes. Uh, so um, don't gobble it all up too soon because you'll, be, uh, you'll be disappointed when it's finished. And is it a limited series or will there be a number two? Uh, I believe it was just a one-off, certainly yeah, uh, of a season two. So it probably is. If that's all we're getting, it's a it's a pity, but it's a it's a it's a lovely show, and there's a plenty amount of kind of jeopardy and tension and who who, who done it, lose the party, and so on and so forth. But it just looks lovely if you are a fan of Mad Men and that era and the look and the clothes and so on. Yeah. Uh, you'll really enjoy this. I take that. Stylish, and they're they're speaking French, so it's all you know. Hacks, hacks. Hacks. Yes. I never heard of hacks. Um, hacks. Now, is it a cyber thing? Couldn't be further from a cyber thing. It's a, a kind of an aging, rich, this was lazy comedian in a residency in uh, Las Vegas who gets Ooh. this snotty uh, Gen Z writer foisted upon her to kind of freshen up her act. And uh, obviously the two of them get on like a house on fire. No, they don't. Uh, they hate each other completely. So she is obviously money obsessed. She's kind of a careerist. She's older. And then you have this moany, mopey, constantly doom scrolling, openly bisexual, in your face, kind of mid twenties writer, uh, basically moving into a mansion and trying to bring her material up to up to speed. It's very good. It's very. And smart. tell me who's in it and where's it on? You've Jean Smart. You've probably seen her in a lot of things. She would have been in like Frasier, lots of different sitcoms over the years. She plays a woman called Deborah Vance, and then we have Hannah Einbinder playing a version of herself 
Wow, okay. She's very talented. I think she was involved in the writing of it as well. It's a HBO Max production, but you'd find it on Amazon. Ten episodes, nice and tidy, 25 minutes each. Okay. Lots of good laughs. Is, is she playing a character similar to um, a Joan Rivers type? Very much so. Uh, okay. I think a lot of the kind of nods in it are kind of Joan Rivers and like she didn't quite get the, you know, the chat show she should have gotten that kind of refers to this kind of stuff in her history. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of lot of nods to that. And uh, I think there's a really good scene where you want Hannah finds an old video of her trying out for, I guess, a version of Johnny Carson. And she kills. Oh, wow. She's great. Yeah, but they kind of bury it for a different scandal that went on at the time. She never quite gets her shot. So she ends up in kind of Las Vegas hell, but she's she's minted, but she's not happy. And no. it's, she's not doing what she wants to do. No, Simon. She's not. She's not really Simon's stars anymore. That. Simon's famous. He's minted, but he's not happy. Uh, I'm. I'm. Well, I'm one out of the three. I'm not <laughs> minted. Happy, are you? <laughs> <clears throat> and I ain't famous. And uh, uh, let me throw this out at you, uh, John Rivers. For me, the greatest female comedian ever. Would you agree? I saw a documentary on her a couple of years ago and she was genuinely exceptional. I think yeah. a lot of the time when you see kind of comedians of maybe her era, you know, late 60s, 70s, there's a bit of fear in them. They want to placate the American public. She never had any of that. She oh, was no. She was like uh, ice cold and razor sharp. She was very good. I really enjoyed her stuff. And razor sharp yeah, right until when she died. I'd find that hard to disagree with Simon. I saw her recently on, on a rerun of the, you know, the live at the Apollo and she oh, just came phenomenal. out and eviscerated uh, several members of the audience. But in this, um, it it always comes back on her and she's so tired and so fed up of life and everyone's a fucking drain and everyone's a pain. But it's not moaning. It's not whinging. It's done like that, but it's hugely funny. I know, um, and you know too, Garode Farrelly, brilliant Irish comedian. He's someone to speak to about Joan Rivers because he had the absolute look of opening for her in Vicar Street a number of years ago. And, and they speaks. became pals, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and that's the lovely thing because you could yeah. think maybe someone like Joan Rivers would be an absolute pain in the arse yeah, off stage. Yeah. He had nothing but good things to say about <clears> her. <throat> so, um, yeah. Vaginas, vaginas drop, you know this. Oh, look at this group. How old are you? 43. 43, so you start to see a little change. Don't pick on you, you're sitting in the f***ing front row. Don't pick on you. <laughs> you chose the seat, bitch. I did not... Would you show us your vagina? <laughs> so we're all agreed on that. Good. Can I give you a little Paris recommendation then, seeing as you're in Paris? Oh, please do. Yeah. Now, yeah, I don't have a huge uh, amount of time, but uh, I will certainly... Um, no, I'm not giving you recommendation things to do in Paris. I'm oh. giving you recommendations about a TV show that's set in Paris. Jesus, this isn't a travel podcast, I don't. <laughs> okay. oh, I thought you were going to give me some like... You uh, have to go and see the Louvre. The- don't be going down to the Marais after midnight no. on your own, Aiden. No. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you a show uh, which has been remade, and the English version of it starts uh, this week, I think. Uh, the uh, French show is called Call My Agent, um, which yes. is one of the best shows that I've seen in years on television. It's about four or five seasons into it now on Netflix. There was a British version of it starting with an all-star cast. It's, it's been renamed 10%, it's called here, but it's basically the, the original French version is set in a talent agency in Paris, mm. and uh, it focuses around the agents and the staff who populate the agency, and it also focuses on the uh, ever-demanding 
over-egoed, overpaid actors that they represent and the shit that they get themselves into and the shit that their agents have to get them out of. It is quite, quite brilliant. Call my agent on Netflix. If you love Paris, which I know Edo does because he's over there. Well, it's tax reasons that you're over there, but I know you love Paris. If you love it as much as Edo does, call my agent on Netflix. Simon yeah, Lane, I know you, Paris. You've, been, you've been high on this show for uh, a long time. Oh, I, I, I love watched, it so much. I watched maybe the first three episodes of it. Um, and for one reason or another, I, I, oh, man, I didn't so fall good. out with it, but I fell out of it. However, when we talked to Emmett Scanlon, and, yes, uh, we got is. him to reveal that he's in yeah. one of these new of episodes of the remake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do think it'll be uh, worth a watch. Helen Bonham, Helena Bonham Carter's in it, isn't she? Now, I'll be honest with you, that name does not drag me towards watching a project. Okay. She's not though going to be like she's going to be playing herself, isn't she? She's not going to be. Playing oh, I'd some, imagine. Yeah, most of the actors who are in this play exaggerated versions of themselves. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I wouldn't be the hugest Helena Bonham Carter fan. Although apparently she speaks very highly of me. Do you have any personal experience of her? Professional experience of her? <laughs> no, I've never met the woman in my life. No, I didn't think so because you wouldn't. Simon speaks very well of everyone he's ever worked with, even. Yeah, if no, I just wouldn't be a, a fan. Okay. Shall we move on, dear boy? That's on Netflix, by the way, isn't it? Netflix, call my agency. So you got a couple of Paris recommendations. John threw in Hacks, which is on Apple TV, and I opened it up with uh, City on a Hill, which is on Sky Atlantic. Now, can we change tax slightly? And we haven't oh, discussed this yet. Come on, I want to go to the bar. Hurry up. Well, I know, oh, sorry. I, know, just um, wait. I, want, I want to go down the road of it. We've recommended podcasts. We've recommended TV and film. And I want to open up the world of the uh, audiobook to our dear listeners. Because oh, this okay. is something that I know you're a fan of, uh, John, you're not in Sagely, um, and I am too. I love, because I spend so much time in the car and out walking and that, I love the, the idea of an audiobook. I love the idea of the author reading it to me, and you can oh. just get through a book nice and quickly. Um, so I want to have a general chat about the world of audiobooks, about whether you're fans or not, and then I want to give you a couple of recommendations. Because the genre that I tend to go for on it is biographies. Um and there was one that I finished recently, uh, which for anybody who has any passing interest in show business, in actors, in writers, in performers, producers, directors, anything, anybody who wants the story of a life lived to the full in the business, to the height, the highest successes it can be lived at, you've got to go and listen to Mel Brooks' biography, All About Me. <clears throat> it is, and he he reads it. So he's doing the voices of all the characters right the way through. And it goes right from where the beginning of his life, his, his upbringing in, in New York, uh, going into the army, serving overseas, uh, starting off in the Sid Caesar show as a writer, working his way up. It goes right through his first movie, The Producers, Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, right through his career, the setting up of Brooks Films, who produced movies like The Fly. Like, you forget about this. Wow. Brooks films were huge. And it goes right the way through up to, I think, I don't know what age he is now. He's in his 90s, I think, now. Still working, still doing, like, animated voice movies, still working away. It is a laugh a minute, and it gives you a real insight into the world of movie making, what it takes to write a movie, structure a story, get a movie financed, the perils of shooting a movie, problems on locations, cast dropping out. Yeah, having to recast. It's just stunning. It's called All About Me, Mel Brooks, Audible.com. Go for it. Over to you, gents. All right. Um, yeah, I'm a huge audiobook fan. I find myself 
listening to books now more than I read, I still have that pile of books on, on the bedside locker, like most people yeah. do. And I'm not getting through them because most, if you know, if I listen to them in bed, which I do sometimes, I'd often go, oh, well, if I close my eyes and listen to it, I'll get asleep quicker than reading it. And maybe mm-hmm. it's the lazier way of reading or, or consuming a book. I don't know. But mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan. And like you, uh, in terms of categories, huge fan of biographies. Um, not more, not more so than fiction, but I definitely listen and read more biographies that, that than I do fiction. Bar one or two series that I'm I'm really into, uh, Philip Kerr's Bernie Gunter series. But but I only choose to read them because he lives on the page for me. I don't want to hear someone else voicing him. Um, yeah. the other thing that that's key, and it is for most people, and it's it's what will turn you on and off a book straight away, even if you've gone and spent money on it, is well, your your best listen to a sample before you go spending money because it's whoever's narrating yeah. it is key. And there's a lot of really good books that are really yeah. badly produced Butchered. and recorded, yeah. whether that's just the audio <clears throat> quality of them or the voice doesn't suit because, you know, most books you, you could be listening to them for 8, 10, 15, 20 hours or, uh, and beyond. And voices, even our own, Simon, can become a little bit grating. So it, the voice is key. On that, yeah. I will, uh, off, straight off the top of my head, I'm going to open up my uh, podcast apps now. I have two of them. What do I have? Oh, yeah. Can uh, I just Audible. point out something as well, Ada, when it yes. comes to Audible? It's something that I think people aren't aware of, that, you know, the books are, are pricey. They're the same price as going into the shop and buy them. But what I discovered was that if you've got an Amazon account, and let's be honest, who hasn't, you've all been ordering stuff over the pandemic. You've ordered, ordered, ordered. You get credits for that. So when you go onto your Audible account, you will have credits now, I went on recently, I hadn't had an audiobook in about six months, and I went on, I said, oh, I must buy that book. I went to buy it, and it says, do you want to buy it with one of your credits? You have 16. So I 16. filled my library. 16. That's, so I hang on, if you worked that outside, that could be ending up to, that could be over 300 quid's worth of books. That's what I mean. And so I, I have, books and, I, and I'll tell you now, PDF or whatever. Oh, they are. Now, I've I've ordered, and I've, I'm have i working my way through, but I ordered Michael Palin's Hollywood Diaries, Halfway yep. to Hollywood. Uh, I've finished Michael Parkinson's biography, Alec Baldwin's biography, Woody Allen's biography, um, and I'm currently reading a book called The Spy and the Traitor, which you'd love, Ado, because it's set in the Cold War in the 60s. The Spy and the Traitor by Ben McIntyre. But they were all free. So I've got, I've got hundreds of hours worth of books there. Okay. So check that out if you're going onto your Audible account. Just see if you have any credits there. Absolutely. Not an ad. <clears throat> not an ad. Okay, not I'm just literally, uh, scrolling. But the first one uh, that uh, I'm going to mention, and I really, really enjoyed it, um, was Louis Theroux's most recent book called oh, Theroux, yeah. The Keyhole. Did I say that half right? right. Theroux, okay. I have Keyhole. it on the list. Um, it's his latest book, and it was written during lockdown. And it's essentially... I know we're probably all sick, you know, lockdown feels like a very distant past thing that we don't want to revisit. Um, but if you struggled like most people did in some way, shape or form to get through it, yeah. this will give you a uh, great comfort to go, oh, I wasn't the only one who was coming apart at the seams and maybe drinking too yeah. much and stressed out at home with the family. And it's very, it's a very world, yeah. honest, unvarnished uh, kind of day-to-day account of his life with his family at home during lockdown when, you know, he couldn't really work and he was trying to work and he had documentaries going on in America and they were cancelled and so on and so forth. Yeah. And then he was, um, you know, like he says himself, he was drinking too much and all that. That's really, really good. And and his voice is brilliant and it carries you that right the way through it. Someone else that's popped up here that I, I listened to maybe... I think it came out last year. And again, he narrates his own book, um, is Matthew McConaughey. Not somebody I'd, I'd be rushing yeah. out to go, oh, I want to I, read or hear about Matthew McConaughey. I don't McConaughey. know whether I could stick listening to him for 14 yeah, hours. Yeah, he's an acquired taste. The book is called Green Lights. And it's... Oh, uh, yeah. I've heard him. Very, I saw him on the late, late talking about it. 
yeah, unique. Um, what is it? Is it? It's, it's kind of like his self help life. Yeah, book. yeah, yeah. In on that. But it's it's littered just with with crazy anecdotes. He had a wild life growing up, yeah. and he's um he's very out there in his thinking. But uh, but but enjoyable you, as well uh, to listen to. Have you seen the episode of Between Two Ferns with him on it? Oh, I have. Oh, I have. Yeah. <laughs> now, what was the pop budget on True Detective? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, by the way, between two ferns, what a what a show that is! Get on that and watch it. You know what? You could go on YouTube and you'll watch one with Jennifer Lawrence, oh, and then it'll Jesus, just all the way through all the rest of them. Um, and they're just John, 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 John. Audiobooks. Are you a fan? What could you recommend to our dear listeners? I am a fan. I love my Kindle, but uh, I found some books that are quite difficult to get through to kind of get into. The, the audiobook is a gift and one of those yeah. was uh, Milkman Anna Burns set in the north Ooh. and it's okay. very kind of sinister and a lot of the language is you know it's not exactly grammatically perfect but hearing the actor Breed Brennan actually do it for 14 hours she brings you in she takes yeah. you completely where you need to go in it oh, uh, it's incredible but I found actually reading it on the page I just kept getting kind of lost or bogged down in it but the audiobook is really a gift when it comes to those Hard to read. Just pulls you along. Yeah. You're not driving yeah. the bus. They are, so to speak. You just have to keep up. Um, yeah. So I think that's definitely a good thing. And uh, just more, you know, kind of poppy fair. I think, what was it I read? Like Diane Keaton's autobiography, her reading it. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. Incredibly enjoyable. I just could listen to that woman talk all the time. Yeah. But as I said, if you get the, if you get a, a clangor, someone a bit monotone reading it, it's a bit. Yeah, it's as dull as dishwater, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I, I listen to someone who has an amazing voice and an amazing story because he's a former president of the United States. And I must admit, I, I gave up on it, uh, even though he's Brack. the most soothing sounding voice in the world. Yeah, I never managed to actually finish his, but mm. maybe that's more on me than not. Can I do two more? Because between my two apps, I have 70 something here, but uh, a lot of them yeah, are very cool. niche in terms of things I'm yeah. into, uh, like military history. and uh, <laughs> Oh dear. And Kennedy blue Spencer. underground nightclubs in Berlin. But, no, I have to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's not an audio book, actually. That's a uh, That's a membership of the club. Yeah, carry on. <laughs> You're just jealous you can't get in there. Uh, two that uh, hopefully will appeal to many people listening, but uh, they will definitely do side because I, I know you well enough. One is uh, a book written by a guy called Tony Up. Oh, God. Oppadissiano. Oh, yes. Oppadissiano. I'm I into it. Yeah. Sinatra and me. Yes, yes, yes. You know it. I've been, re- I've been. Well, I was saying reading it, I've been listening to it. But he's great because he talks like this. And we went down to a nightclub, and Frank came in, and I'm playing yeah. a fucking piano, and the guy behind the fucking bar, he's lighting a cigar. Frank came up, I love it. I'm, I went in there, I know it's great. This guy who was, uh, yeah, working the clubs in New York, befriended yeah. Frank Sinatra, musician, late, you know, yeah. in the later stages of his career, but became yeah. a really, really close pal, which not became too many his carer almost claimed yeah. to ever do. And towards the end, like he was with him right up and, yeah. un, until the death and he would have been one of the, you know the last people to have those stories to tell about the inner world of oh Frank he Sinatra. was he was, was on the inner person. inner circle yeah. know, wasn't he it's a terrific listen yeah keep going with it it's anyway a, it's a brilliant listen because he just brings you into that world again of, of new york in the whatever it was the late 80s early 90s and he was this job musician yeah. yeah, and he's he's playing he's playing the piano in this club and playing the guitar and then the night came when he was going he knew he was going to meet Sinatra because the club owner took a shine to him and he said, I'll, I'll introduce you to Frank and and the night he meets Frank in the club and he describes Frank coming in and describes the building with the different floors and Frank's you know, a certain seat and 
and, and it's just it brings yeah, it right in. And the guy fucking talks like this. I love yeah. this shit. Beautiful. Yeah, I, Beautiful. It feels all very re- reminiscent of that kind of gorgeous era of the 50s and 60s, even though it's the 70s, I think, when he came to pass uh, t- to meet him. Um, that's very good. Another one, it's Sinatra-related, but it's a, it's, a, um, it's a fictionalized book written by Jake Tapper, who's a CNN yes, yeah, yeah. anchor. Yeah, yeah, he's also an anchor, yeah, yeah. An author. It's his second book in a series uh, about this couple who work in politics, but uh, kind of moonlight as um, private investigators. They, they're they constantly getting pulled in by the CIA and FBI to help out with investigations. And in this particular book, the second one, The Devil May Dance, they end up in Las Vegas and in California in the 60s with Sinatra and the Rat Pack no. and the mob. And there's murders and there's... All sorts going on. And I've just realized uh, I have both of those books in my library because you recommended them to me before. Ah, and I'm okay. halfway through Sinatra and I have the the Jake Tapper one ready to go. I mean, I think that we should make this a regular feature because we've got reams of stuff to we talk about keep, here. We in could terms keep of going. Audiobooks. I think that's, that's more than enough for now until you finish those and, and any more and I listen to yeah, some of the ones. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell well. you what we do want to do, Aiden, is, uh, and, and John, we, we've had a chat about this and the show's about us recommending things to you, but we would love to get your recommendations too, you know, be it for TV shows, films, podcasts, audiobooks, and just all you got to do is tweet Goal Out and get in touch with Goal Out on Twitter. Even myself, uh, Simon Delaney on Twitter, or Aiden Power on Twitter. Send us your recommendations and we will share them with our listeners because it's all about give and take, Aiden. We can't just give, give, give. We've got to get info back. We want to recommend, you know, we're great at giving recommendations to each other, but we want to hear other stuff because we've missed stuff. We have the stuff out there we've never heard of, never seen. And when it comes to everything to do with TV, film, you know, podcasts and audiobooks, like we mentioned audiobooks and we've got about 12 recommendations there between the three of us. So let's hear yours. Get in touch with us and let us know. We shall read them out next week. Well said, Simon. I second that motion. Yeah, do get in touch. It's a two-way street. He got my Twitter handle wrong, by the way. It's Aiden Powerful. It's ironic before you ask. Aiden Powerful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all about the delivery, Aiden. Yeah, no, that's it. Why that's it? So. Now, I have I have baguettes to eat and wine to drink. You swine. What are you doing over there, by the way? Are you working or what are you on a jollier? I, I wish. No, uh, well, I'm here for work and I'm very happy to be here for uh, work with uh, Bellator MMA, which will be live from the Acor Arena. A big show here uh, that we are doing uh, tomorrow night. By the time you hear this, it will have happened. There will have been a world heavyweight title on the line and many other great fights. And it's historical to some degree because Bellator were the first major MMA promotion to come here uh, when they legalized mixed martial arts in France only a couple of years ago. And this time we get to do it with a full crowd. So the arena holds 17,000. So it could be rocking and I hope it's going to be rocking. And I know it's going to be uh, electric. Well, now listen. Will you mind yourself in Paris, will you? I, I won't be in the cage, Simon. Don't you worry. <laughs> will you do me a favour, though? Will you bring me back something? What do you want? I don't know. Surprise do you want a surprise? Me. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I want a surprise from Paris. Something. But, you know me, Ado. Yeah. Well, whatever I can't think of, I will guess in the airport duty-free. No, you no. I know if it's being bought in the airport. Isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. If you come back with a Toblerone, I will insert said Toblerone somewhere. <laughs> right. It'll be a French Terry's chocolate or- orange. Orange. Chocolate orange. I'll get you Marvelous. surprised. John, I'll get you uh, one too. Go Loud Selects is a Go Loud original. 
can't believe you can't you can't say those words in that I order. Remember this though: the staircase. Colin oh, for yeah. Tony Collette premieres on Sky. It's yeah. streaming on now. The bizarre case. We've seen it in the documentary. Now it's a yeah. major, major drama. Uh, do check it out. Bye.